In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text is taken from the gospel lesson read a few moments ago, and I'd like for us to read a fairly long chunk of that as our text this morning. So please join with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the one Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. People of God, people whose faith is rooted ground firmly in Christ Jesus. Parents usually take uh, great care in giving names to their children. Abby and uh, Christian, I'm sure that that was the case for you when you chose the name for your little daughter. And uh, so we want to make sure that we choose names uh, that not only sound good and go together with uh, the uh, surname, but also gives kind of meaning and purpose for the child. Now the same is true for Jewish parents uh, 2,000 years ago very careful in uh, selecting the names of their children. And so we see that that is, came, is also true with God our Heavenly Father. When it came time to choose names for His Son, uh, God the Father chose very, very carefully. And so the uh, Advent and uh, Christmas season, we've been proclaim His name as we look at the various names that the Father gave to Jesus. And one of the more unusual names is the Word. The Word. Proclaim His name. His name is the Word. Words, 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 words. We hear bunches of them every day. And unfortunately, many times, most of those words are meaningless chatter. And sometimes they're outright deceptive. They're trying to take us away from uh, what is truly important and what is right and true. Words are important, but they're only as important as important as that they are good and reliable words. I'm sure that all of us have received words at time that wound up leading us astray. Proclaim His name. Proclaim His name. His name is the Word. The Word. Now, that seems quite strange for a name. But 2,000 years ago, Greek and Hebrew people would immediately understand what that name meant. For the Greeks, when they talked about the Word, they were talking about a divine presence that totally designed and brought this world and universe into existence and put it in an orderly fashion. It was a, it's a, a concept that said that there has to be something far beyond human beings that have placed this universe together and given it laws so that it works in such a way. So for the Greeks, the word word referred to a far superior being that has arranged things. For the Hebrew people, the word immediately took them back to 
the first part of Genesis, the book of Genesis. <clears throat> and there the associated word with power. Because what we find in the book of Genesis in the first few verses, God spoke and it happened. God spoke and it came into being. And so we find in the book of Genesis, we have this tremendous emphasis that the word of God is always power, power, creative power. And it's a creative power that God didn't just throw out a little piece of sand and said, okay, let everything else evolve from that. Instead, what God did by his powerful creative world was to make a fully functioning universe, completely working with all the different details working and combined together. That's what we find in the book of Genesis. As God the Holy Spirit then directs St. John to begin his gospel, so the Holy Spirit directs him to begin at the beginning. And so John then says, in the beginning was the Word. And what John is telling us is that that little baby born in a stable that little baby that was placed in a manger is none less than the Almighty God Himself, the Eternal One, God who has all power to create, all power to sustain this universe and our lives. To state that Jesus is the Word is to declare that He is God. There are some people in our world today who will tell us that nowhere in the New Testament is Jesus ever described, given the title, the Word, I mean the law, God. There are some people who will tell us the New Testament just does not tell us that Jesus is God. That is absolutely ridiculous. This particular word, the Word, for all the people 2,000 years ago would have immediately meant Jesus is God. Jesus is Almighty God. And he accomplishes things by the power of his word. Now we see that also very clearly in the way that Jesus went about his ministry and his work. During the ministry of Jesus, just by saying a word, the lame began to walk. The deaf began to hear. The blind began to see. The, lame, uh, the demons were displaced. And the dead came back to life. How did it happen? By a word. By a word of Jesus. All by his word. The word of Jesus is filled with power beyond this world because he is God who has power beyond everything in this world. Jesus is the word. The power of God Almighty. Do words have power? Do our words have power? Of course they do. Uh, I'm sure that we can remember many times when we have heard words that have stuck with us for quite some time. Words perhaps of judgment that stung. Words perhaps of praise that lifted us up. Words definitely have power. And so we want to make sure that as followers of Jesus, the Word, we make sure that our words are connected with His. 
so that he can work his power through us. I want to give you an example of a powerful word that was given to me 65 years ago. You know, when you think back 65 years and you still remember this word, it must have been a pretty powerful word. And it certainly was a word that helped to redirect me in my life. Now, I remember it very clearly, <clears throat> even though it was a 65-year-old word. I need to have a word with you. Uh, I know why you're laughing, right? That was my dad said that to me. I need to have a word with you. As soon as I heard those words, I knew that I was in trouble. My dad managed a small de uh, Chevy dealership in a small Missouri town. He was also the only uh, uh, driver of the wrecker service within a 20-mile radius of our home. Now, being the only wrecker driver uh, for uh, accidents, automobile accidents, meant that he was also personally acquainted with every police officer, every person in the sheriff's department in the county, and even all the highway patrolmen. So it was no surprise to me on a summer night when I was about 17 that when I got home at midnight, Dad was waiting for me at the door. I had done something even more stupid than I usually do. <laughs> and a police officer saw it. The police officer radioed the, dispa uh, the police dispatcher. The police dispatcher called my dad and explained the situation to me, to him. When I came into the door that night, uh, my dad said, I'm so glad that you're home, that you're safe, that you're sound. Um, why don't we go, go ahead and get some sleep. And by the way, I need to have a word with you in the morning. Now you can imagine how well I slept <laughs> that night. So the next morning I was sitting on the couch. I had been thinking about all the arguments that I had to defend myself and exactly what I was going to say. And so as I was sitting there going through my script, you know, Dad came over and sat on the couch next to me. And before I could say a word, he asked, are you proud of what you did? It was totally caught me off guard. The only thing that I could reply was, no, sir, I'm not. Dad replied, neither am I. You can do a lot better than this. And then he got up and started to walk away. And as he took a few steps, he suddenly turned around and he said, by the way, this is done and over with. As far as I'm concerned, it's forgotten. And he walked away. My dad never brought that event up to me again. Never. Even though I gave him plenty of opportunities to do so. <laughs> that was a very powerful event for me. Very powerful event for me. My dad's words were very powerful and I learned some very important lessons that morning. First of all, avoid doing things that you're not proud of. Avoid doing things that you're not proud of. And what's even more important, be sure that you're not doing things that your family will not be proud of, especially your Heavenly Father. A second lesson that I learned is when you do things that are wrong, 
Avoid using your words in self-defense. It's not the way to use them. Words are to be used in confession. Confessing our sin to our Heavenly Father. Admitting our responsibility. Because you see, when we do that, that opens us up to receive the very powerful word of God's forgiveness for us. God's forgiveness for us. And as we receive that power of his forgiveness, then we in turn have the opportunity to extend that powerful word of forgiveness into the lives of others. For me, as I look back <clears throat> upon that particular event, and as I see in the text of John chapter 1, for me that was a light in the darkness type of event. It was a word that helped to drive away my darkness. I need to have a word with you. I need to have a word with you. There are times when God might direct that comment to us. But that's a comment that we need to bring and say to God, Lord, I need a word with you. I need a word from you. I need your word of forgiveness. I need your word of hope. I need your word of peace. Lord, I need your word. Quite often, Pastor Tom concludes his sermons by stating, and that's the good news, or that's the good word, I'm sorry, that's the good word from Christ our King. Or perhaps we could rephrase it just a little bit and say, Christ our King is the good word. That's the good word we need. On this Christmas morning, then, we rearrange that to proclaim, as we live our faith firmly in Christ Jesus, we hold tightly to our cell phones, tightly to the word that God has given us in his Son, Jesus Christ, the good and reliable word of God and his power. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.